tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If it happens to be the first time you're listening, hey, thanks for joining us. Be sure to catch our previous episode with storm chaser Dan Robinson. You can also search our library of shows with guests like winter weather expert Tom Nizzle of the Weather Channel or Storm Quest video game creator Reed Stowe of Rex Game. However, this is episode 42, and our guest is Emmy-winning storm chaser Jeff Petrowski. Uh, we'll also be discussing if the new winter hazard simplification alerts are really an improvement or not. Uh, we'll always finish the show with our moronic weather fools, and you can't miss WX resources. I do want to tell everybody, remind everybody, it is our five weeks of Christmas going on right now uh, that the podcast is going through. Um, So you got to check out our pinned posts on our Twitter or Facebook accounts for details on the latest giveaway. I think right now we're giving away a, a GPX weather radio flashlight lantern emergency device that I think, Dina, you've had some success with recently, right? Yes, I have. Came in handy with the power outage down here in Atlanta. Bottle opener, right? (laughs) As long as I've got my bottle opener, I'm good. Maybe it needs one of those. But anyway, all you got to do, go to Twitter, Facebook, search Stormfront Freaks and uh, find the pinned post to find out what you need to do to get in the, the entry for Whatever it is we're giving away, I think we got two more weeks of doing that. So I also want to let everybody know our season 3.0 is right around the corner. Uh, Don't miss the new things and new guests we've got lined up starting in January. You got to make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And, And what subscribe does, so it's just like subscribing to a magazine. When you subscribe to a magazine, you get the latest edition in your mailbox. Uh, A lot of times before it even comes out on on the newsstands. Do you get a bill? You get a bill too. Yeah, actually, we're free, so that's a good point. Yeah. So if 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 you subscribe to the podcast, the minute we get a new episode released, it'll automatically download to your phone and be sitting there waiting for you when you're ready to listen to it. Uh, It also guarantees you get the latest episode uh, before any non-subscribers may have access to that. So uh, we got some great things coming up for season 3.0. But let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts. It's always happy hour here when we're doing the show. So we got to find out what everybody's drinking. And MJ is up in Chile, Minnesota. I am. Yes. Well, I'm I'm not being original tonight because I don't want to be. So I have a uh, Morgan and Coke. Uh, It is in a Star Wars glass. I like the Star Wars cup. Of the uh, release of the new movie, which, by the way, I have seen. (gasps) You saw it? I did. You pirate. And uh, no, not. No, it's, it's all on the up and up. But anyway. Um, I'm just, you know, spoiler alert, everyone. Uh, no, don't. What? No, all of- no, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, okay. Hear. All right. All right. All right. Crazy. All right. Go on. Exactly. <laughs> I, listen, listen, I've I've been I've been to every opening night of Star Wars yeah, since yeah. Episode One. Wow. Um, I've been to every single opening night, and so tonight I knew this was opening, and I'm like, 
crap, we got we got a podcast and I got Jeff coming on. We, hey, we have you ever it. camped out? Did you ever camp in a tent? Uh, no, I never did that. Okay. No, 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 no. Never did that. <laughs> never did that. We, I, I always went like maybe I wasn't at the first showing. I'd be at like the 10 p.m. showing okay. or something like that. I was like going to say, let the force be with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, but it's always opening night. But nowadays, because you can just get your tickets ahead of time and you can pick your seats ahead of time, you don't need to do any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So I've got tickets for tomorrow. So Mark, shut the hell up. Okay. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. All right. So uh, Dina so down in Atlanta in in – what was cold and chilly and snowy Atlanta? Yes. What are you drinking? Well, I actually have a tiny bit of snow left on my lawn. So I have a hot drink tonight. Of course, I did put it in my Wonder Woman mug. Um, it's called the Snow Bunny. And I loved it because we were up near Lake Lanier for this thing for Christmas. And they had a drink called the Snow Bunny. And mainly it's a hot chocolate. But it's a hot chocolate with absolute vanilla in it. Mm. So it's kind of like if you want to call it a hot toddy or something like my whipped cream's kind of um kind of going away since I made it like 20 minutes ago but it it's so yummy and tasty and great on those cold chilly winter nights. Is this your fourth one? Fifth. Fifth. <laughs> I I, I, I forgot. Right. I've said I quick hang. Matt, yeah, exactly. Maz, all right, so we got uh, Maz in Cincinnati. What are you drinking? Yeah. Okay. So I've been carbo loading all day, and uh, yeah. I needed to I needed to come down a little bit. So I got the ultra tonight. <laughs> which is low. Yeah, I know. Little but, little Mick Ultra, and I've got I, tonight. I, I had to bring out. Uh, I I actually the fall, and I've mentioned this before. Fall is my favorite time of year for beer and craft beer. <laughs> and so uh, I, I we've actually stocked the fridge a little bit, and so I'm going back to a Christian Moorline, which is a Cincinnati brewery. Uh, their Oktoberfest, they call it Das Uber. Oh, uh, das, das is Uber. that the beer that comes to your door? It's in the back of everyone. <laughs> all right, so let, let's get to uh, the fun and the excitement that we're all here for tonight. Dina, go ahead and introduce our guest. All right, tonight we welcome Emmy-winning storm chaser Jeff Petrowski. He's become a storm-chasing legend, documenting and filming well over, get this, 900 tornadoes. Giddy up. No kidding. 24 hurricanes, ice storms, wildfires, and every other kind of extreme weather. Jeff's company, Storm Productions, holds the world's largest private collection of historic weather events and survivor stories. Back in 1994, he received an Emmy for Day of Tornadoes for his coverage of the Gainesville, Texas F2 tornado. Now, this one is more recent. If you were one of the 600,000 viewers watching Jeff's heart-pounding periscope of Hurricane Harvey footage, you were in the record-setting scope of replays, and get this, of 1.6 million replays. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ain't too shabby, buddy. Do you have a T-shirt that says I have a death wish or something? Or uh, I, I have a shirt though that says I survive. Uh, you know, uh, Blue Shed Strong. You know, Hurricane Harvey. But uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it made it made the records. For Jeff, sure. with all these, like, I mean, it's probably hard to ask this question, but like, what's the one that really sticks in your mind the most? Hurricane or tornadoes? Any of them. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, why it's all, hard. They all stick in your like, mind. They was go. there ever one that stuck in your head because you felt like you're in the most danger or was just so uh, unbelievably spectacular? 
Well, I mean, there's guys, to be honest with you, there's probably, you know, I got top 20 or top 100 countdown. Um, I, boy, tornado-wise, Joplin, absolutely. You know, yeah. the F, F5 ripping through the city, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, uh, the amount of the sheer damage and scope of injuries and fatalities of that event, which, you know, watching that at, at ground zero, literally watching the city get leveled in front of me, that was heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching. And then going and pulling people out of the rubble was uh, oh. was horrible. You know, God, all the Oklahoma City, you know, the big monster tornadoes, the F3 99, F5 and 99, you know, the more first, second, third tornadoes, the Reno monster, uh, you know, really monster tornado. Gosh, the list just goes on. You got uh, Laverne, you had the Dodge City event, you know, a couple years back that was incredible. Uh, Allison, and then you think about the early days, April 26, 91, you had the, uh, gosh, you had the Andover tornado. You had the Billings Red Rock tornado. I filmed those uh, early on. I chased all the way back to Tulsa and filmed the uh, Westport tornado. I then filmed the Sky Tick tornado Collinsville just north of my house here. So those are all just epic outbreaks. They're just unbelievable. Uh, but there's so many. Um, and a lot of times it's it's not it's not just the talent gets hit it's, it's the people effects for uh, a long period of time but i've seen a lot of unfortunately unfortunately i've been um, around a lot of big monster outbreaks and uh it's uh boy it's hard to put it in perspective because all of them are so unique and different they're all spectacular i mean in, in their own right i mean they're, so, they're all very so jeff I, is there one where you you remember like i shouldn't be here mm -hmm. yeah there's been a couple of those situations um yeah. uh, the two that come to mind, um, there's there's um, a lot of people know about this, so this will be something new tonight. I haven't revealed before. Um, after the April, um, uh, you know, we had the, the more tornado, and after that, you had the multiple tornadoes go across the west side of the Oklahoma City metro. And one of the things is that after we had the Oklahoma City tornadoes, is that going over to the west side and and filming the, the Piedmont tornado, and then going out in the country, uh, which then turned into the molehole, big, huge uh, wedge tornado. I had satellite tornadoes around in after dark, uh, around 10 o'clock at night. I found myself on a country road, and I stopped to help a farmer that was taking refuge. Um, his mobile home had blown away, and he was literally oh, hanging on to a telephone pole. While I'm talking to this individual, here comes like the another tornado starts about uh, a couple hundred yards south of us. We're watching it, and, and he's hanging on a tree. He's got his dog in one hand. He's got oh his briefcase and his mobile home in the other. And the next thing I know is I can hear that swirling sound. I was like, uh-oh, we're in big trouble because my truck's now stuck in the mud on this farm road oh, uh, wow. south of Mall Hole. And um, here comes this tornado, and I can see the moon shining on the tornado, and it's coming at us. We're in trouble. And uh, mm -hmm. it passes about 50 yards west of us, and we make it. Um, but uh, you can hear the roar. You can hear stuff flying through the air. Because remember, the first tornado's already been through there, and there's debris everywhere. So now the second one's coming by and picking up all that loose debris, and it's, oh. it's flying everywhere. So it's like, oh, my gosh, we're, this is where to go. And, um, and so luckily, that one passes, and then watching that go by us, I mean, at the end of the day, I was pretty much fried. So that was one event. Uh, the other one, a lot of people have heard this story is up in uh, Oregon, Nebraska. Me and Brian Sturts chasing a, a, a significant, you know, it's kind of a low risk day, but it was a triple point up near Southeast Grand Island. And uh, we, I just had my truck worked on the previous week and had a U-joint changed in it where they changed all the U-joints in it. And uh, of course, keep, you know, uh, cameras or the trucks and the cars you drive in good shape. You have to, you're on the road with them. And you got to, can't afford to have to break down. And uh, we're going down this road, Country Road. It's about, we're doing about 40 miles an hour. And we see the storm out to our west, about 20 miles, not far away. Severe thunderstorm warning effect. And all of a sudden, I hear this big clang bang 
come from out of the, underneath the van and me and Brian looked at each other and I give it gas and it's and it's like slowly, slowly, slowly down. I hear this horrible ruckus by the car and I said, uh-oh, Brian, we had a problem. And uh, the truck, the van stops and uh, comes to rest on the side of the road and we get out and look and the U-joint had backed out of the uh, uh, transmission because the guy forgot to put one of the clips in the U-joint. So the U-joint exploded. Whoops. And came out of the transmission. So now part of the transmission is on the ground. I'm broken oh inside God. the road. Oh man! Now it's getting near dark, and the uh, storm that was a supercell on the trip points now moving southeast. It's now producing a quarter mile wide tornado, and it's a mile, one mile away, and closing in on us. So interesting thing was at that particular second, as Kathy had uh, had just called me. My wife called me. She goes, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> <laughs> it's not going too good right now. Sorry. <laughs> I said, it's not going well at all. I said, what I'm about to tell you is that uh, the truck just broke down. If we don't make it, this is where we're at. And and she thought, she goes, oh, you broke, quit kidding me. She goes, there's, there's, you guys are fine. Quit, just, what's, where are you guys at? I said, no, I'm broke down. The tornado's coming. I don't know if we're going to make it. And I didn't know if we're going to make it. About that time, this is all true. We got all this on video, by the way. And now Brian looks out and Brian goes, hey, there's a farmhouse that's got a light on. I think we can make it. We have, but he, what he doesn't tell me is we have to run a quarter mile to the west uphill, and then I have to run. Oh, we yeah. both have to run about a quarter mile north in a field. The whole way I'm, I'm doing an incline, and there's quarter to baseball hill falling while we. Oh, 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 oh good that's lord! The best quarter god mile god. time you've had in a long time. That year, <laughs> that year, I think I broke the Nebraska all-time running. Uh, <laughs> they could have, they could have brought me in as a football quarterback that year mm -hmm. uh, but i i mean brian and i took off brian was carrying the camera and we both were even uh, going uphill and then we broke to the right headed north up this gravel road to this house um the hearing the roar of the tornado and i could see the the fence line the ridge line back to my west by a quarter mile and this tornado is about a half mile wide now it's moving southeast and i could see you know peripheral it's dark but i could see whole trees coming out of the ground like just torpedoes oh and my like, god uh, and the winds were out of the east at about 80 and we're dodging hell and things are zinging overhead and i get to the front door of this house and i'm out of breath and um and i pass brian about halfway up the driveway and he's making his way up and i knock on the door real quick and a lady at the homeowner knew something was wrong she knew we broke down because she saw us out there and her name was mary and we'll tell you her last name but anyway nice lady and knocked on the door and, and uh, i said do you have a basement and she wanted to know why i was yelling and of course by that time on the front porch and those farm homes up in nebraska and a lot of places in the west you have those old metal rails on the front porch and those were screaming <gasps> whistling going because the wind was oh. like 85 miles an hour in the east <laughs> with flying debris and uh, and about that time she goes why do you ask and, and you know she's hard to hear i find out later and uh, about that time it's all true this is crazy about that time the what the eastern wall of the tornado is now getting ready to pins to the west side of her house and i've got missile debris which are boards and trees puncturing her west walls of her house <gasps> and that's what got her attention because when the west windows broke in she looked that way the deal and she goes what's that and i says tornado if we don't get to your basement now we're all going to die and she unlocked the door at the last second she went off to the kitchen brian was right there. by the time was coming through the gate and he got to the front lip you know they have the old um seals the water seals you know raises up you know, the door brian trips on that and does a face plant in front oh, of the door geez. with the camera and the camera's still rolling you hear the roar of the tornado and about that time i can see the roof starting to come off the house and um so i follow her I look, she's electric story out and i see her dive through the kitchen i was like where's she going and um we go to the kitchen and uh so once i get into the kitchen she runs down the uh 
uh, stairs to the basement and I'm right behind her and I see her dive under the pool table and I'm like, we're being bright. Gotta go. <laughs> you know, we're working out here now. And so I, uh, underneath those old farmhomes, they have a lot of, they have washer and dryers while I do near or just under the staircase in the basement. So me and Brian, it's pitch black. We're trying to feel how we can hide under the stairs and we wedge ourselves under the stairs and I can literally feel the stairs. The only way to describe it is I could feel the stairs on my back and the stairs are doing this as the roof and walls above us are going oh off my. and they're going off and the air sucking out of the basement. The, the dust is falling in on us and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, that last this, about this moment brought to you by Depends. So after after we went through all that, um, what was amazing on this next scene was just totally incredible. And remember, uh, one of the things I did after I hung up with Kathy is I called 911 and told me, broke down, I trans on the ground, tell the water service, this is where we're located, and this is the belt where I'm I, I located. And I said, okay, call us after it passes. That's what the 911 dispatcher told me. And it's a true story, is what they said. And uh, so when we get done and we're going up the stairs to see what's left of the house, uh, the door's still there. As we open the door, uh, the, the homeowner says, get out of my way, I want to see. And the roof was gone, the east wall was gone, and she had a big farm. There's a big family farm there. And the tornado was going through the cornfield, and I could look up and I could see the crescent moon. The, the tornado was still going through the field that we had cows hurt, and then it, it took the grain silos, the grain uh, you know, the tractors, combine tractors, they're gone. And I hear propane leaking. I can smell diesel. Oh, so the only thing that was staying in, one of the things that was staying on the house was the north wall of the house. And it had the old rotary phone on the north wall of the house because all the lines were buried out there. So I pick up the phone. There's a dial tone. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. I was like, oh, my gosh. I look at it. I said, dial tone. And, and, I, and I dialed, I dialed 911. It's, you know, rotary phone. And the same dispatcher picks up the phone. It goes, there goes, is only uh, one. one. And I go, you know, what's your mercy? I said, hey. And I, I turn around and look at this lady. I said, what's your name? She says, Mary. And I won't tell you her last name. She goes, I'm Mary so and so. And they go, oh, we know where you're at. He goes, I've got help coming on the way. Now, if you, this next scene is I'm on top of this crest of this meadow on the middle of Nebraska cornfield, and it's pitch black. I mean, there's nothing. Power's out, electric's out. And you remember the scene with smoking the bandits where you got the police waiting out in the country out in the woods for you to feel the lights on? Well, when when I hung up, I literally saw lights, fire trucks. <gasps> I saw the cavalry coming from every county wow. around was coming in. And I mean, as far as you could see, there's lights coming. And about 15 minutes, the first fire truck gets there. The fire chief goes up. He goes, hey, are, are you the storm chaser? I said, yeah. He goes, well, I've got good news for you and bad news. He goes, your truck didn't survive. He goes, it's taken. It's got impelled by the grain elevator. And it did. It was totally impelled. And then he goes, good news is we're all here to help you. And he goes, by the way, the local Chevy dealer is bringing you a Suburban. And we're going to get you loaded up so you can get to the hotel tonight. And wow. He goes, nice. Wow. That that uh, the people of Nebraska was just fantastic. The locals yeah. there were fantastic. Mercy management was fantastic. The local Chevrolet dealership was there was fantastic. Um, but later that night, we get to the hotel about one in the morning. Me and Brian, this is funny. This is real funny. Don't normally go into this much detail. Do, do I have time to get popcorn? This is awesome. I'm taking a shower. This is true story. And I find corn in my hair. I got corn. I got pieces of corn in my hair. And I'm like, oh, the bathtub's got corn in the Better bathtub. Than blood. The shower Better than blood. During the, during the tornado. This is, I mean, this is crazy oh stuff. So that's just one encounter I've had. Uh, that was a close one. That was a real close one. That was so, pretty um, close. On behalf of all Nebraskans, though, I'd like to say you're welcome and welcome <laughs> yes. to be one of us. So, yes. yeah, Nebraska <laughs> folks are wonderful. I've had the great times in Corn in my hair, too. So, yes. <laughs> it's good, though, to hear the best in people. 
You know, oh, absolutely. You know absolutely. what I mean? When, when things like that happen, you always see the best out of people. Oh, sure. Well, Jeff, I'm going to ask you this. That was, that was, I, I think we should probably end the show on that because that's <laughs> pretty good. We're going to beat this pretty good. But, uh, I've got hundreds of stories I, like listen, that. I, I, I do want to hear a little bit about one, one of the biggest uh, reasons I, we actually reached out to you at one point a few months back was because of Hurricane Harvey that you have previously mentioned. Uh, so so that, that obviously caught a lot, of, a lot of footage and a lot of viewers. And um, I guess tell us a little bit, how did you end up where you ended up? How did you pick that target spot and, and find the local? I think you were in a car wash or something like that. Uh, and, and then I heard something about your, you were talking to your wife and something went out. Uh, so yeah, tell, tell us oh, a little bit of that Hurricane so, Harvey you know, story. Watch a Hurricane Harvey. You know the models of uh, the National Hurricane Center, Weather Service, um, and, the, and the models, quite frankly, between the Euro and the GFS and the Hurricane Wharf, the models have gotten better every year. They're just they're good. And, uh, and of course, the models. You know, watch this wave coming off Africa, going into Southern Caribbean, and and it's like you know four or five days out. It's like you know, hey, it's starting to look like it might be a hurricane, and then hey, it might be a major hurricane, and the models are kind of hinting that. So as we start getting with that seventy-two hour window, and the models are really bullseye, you know, between Corpus Christi, Houston area is going to have some kind of landfall, and uh, just kind of focusing on that. About two days before, I had a business meeting a couple of days before that hurricane in Texas left uh, Dallas, went to Corpus, uh, got there late at night, almost midnight. And then uh, the next morning, you just kind of refine, once you get in the zone, the area then you kind of look at is, you know, is this thing gonna wobble back to the West? Uh, Hurricane Center had a really good job going just barely east of Corpus uh, a couple days out. And uh, it, at that point, it was like getting down to the, uh, once you're on the ground there is you have to talk to the local emergency management, talk to the police, talk to the people that live there. You know, uh, what hurricanes you've been through before, what areas is going to flood, what roads are going to flood, uh, look at the storm surge area, look at the buoy data. And at that point, kind of make, start looking for places to film from. Is there any parking garages? Is there, um, am I going to be above the flood? you got to also not only look at the building you're in, but what buildings are next to you. And the, the moral of the message you just saw during Hurricane Harvey, it wasn't necessarily the building where I was located. I could have been, there's a hotel just a block away to other chases red and half the building one end came off a five story uh, hotel, fairly new building was ripped off. So Jeez. it didn't matter where you're at, you, you've got to, you weigh those options out. But a lot of times it's not the building that I may be in like a parking garage. It's like, what's next to me? Is that an older structure that may fail? It's what's downwind of you or upwind of you. Mm -hmm. Is that structure going to fail and impel you or come towards you? And that's what you, it's, it's a scouting mission. So when you get on the ground, You've got a lot of due diligence to make, you know, mobile homes. And there's a lot of mobile homes and fifth wells down there because uh, there's a lot of seasonal people that go to the coast in the, in the, in mm -hmm. the uh, summer months and winter months. So th that's how you kind of scope those areas out. And the only that I could find that made sense to me was the car wash was north-south oriented. And it had kind of the, uh, a number of the walls because I knew the winds were going to be east to east-northeast at 100 to 140 uh, as I wall approaches. And I wanted to put as many walls between me and the flying debris. So that's why I got it kind of on the west side of the car wash. So I had as many walls between me and whatever was going to be coming in from the east. That's exactly what happened. And unfortunately, we had a a tornado um there were small tornadoes inside the eye wall no doubt about it you see it both on the doppler out of corpus and you could tell it by um visually people saw it too but you could actually had small tornadoes in the eye walls it was those little wobbles inside and uh, we had a vortex hit the building next to us it was like a cvs type little drugstore and that's what exploded and came in from the uh, mm. car wars and that's when the, all the debris was coming raining down on us when we got hit just about that time 
Uh, I had, I was right across from the cell tower. I had a Verizon phone, uh, had good, fairly good connection. But when I got in the vehicle, it broke whatever signal I had and the signal went dead right after that. And of course, what happened, a lot of people thought I got crushed or got killed inside the car wash, but I didn't, I'm still here. So uh, luckily I uh, survived that. But we, we take all the precautions as necessary out there. And, uh, but Harvey, we got, it did, definitely got scary. It was loud. And that last three or four miles of the eye wall was absolutely super wicked. It was about as wicked as it can be. Wow. Your wife's got to have a lot of faith in you because you're putting yourself in harm's way a lot. Well, but you do you do things in a safe manner. It may not look safe right. on, the, on the viewing when people right. see a periscope or stuff. I, and I don't like nightfall landing hurricanes. I can tell you officially, I hate landfalling hurricanes tonight. It's scary. You got you can't see things. Mm -hmm. um, if there's debris in the road, you can't see what you're driving mm -hmm. over. The telephone poles, lines down. It's just very risky with landfalling hurricanes at nighttime. And they're scary too. Let's be honest. They're very scary. Hey Jeff, I, oh, do, you drink, me? Me? <laughs> do you drink coffee? Excuse me. Do you drink coffee? Not yet. <laughs> You just Not yet. About weather and I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, you go, Jeff, man. I, you go. I always wonder when you're in a, a hurricane like that. Do you, you said you saw the tornadoes? Because you, I always wonder. I've never been in one like no. that. So I, you wondered, can you actually see the tornado when all those whipping winds as it is? The only time, no, I didn't see a tornado that night during Harvey. Is that watching the radar and watching the pressure drops, and also you can literally hear it. And the way to describe a hurricane, you can see this in the daytime in the video. You could definitely see it with uh, uh, Nate and uh, Arma. Is that as you watch the winds, if you get uh, every time a band comes in, you may have winds 120, let's say 100 to 120 overhead at two, three, four thousand feet above your head. And as that band comes in and then heavy rain forces those high winds to the ground, you literally, if it's daylight, you can watch uh, two miles, three, four miles down the road, not far if it's if you're in the heavy rain, you can literally watch the surge of wind coming. You can literally, sometimes you can hear the wave of damage coming at you. You literally, if, you, if you're in a metropolitan area and you have damage, you have roofs or windows breaking two miles from you, you're hearing this clanging, banging sound and it will get louder and louder as that wave of damage and winds come at you and you can see it coming. So you prepare yourself because you can see trees falling. You can see roofs a block or two blocks away coming off. So you know that surge is going to hit you. You need to you know, get beyond the building. You need a duck or whatever, but you can hear it. You can see them daytime. You can see these surges of wind and damage occur. Absolutely positive. I've seen it many, many times. Yep. Wow. Daytime. Yep. And other times you get the little small spin ups. The tornadoes and hurricanes are hard. It's more the outer bands, not literally the eye wall, but you get more that the small tornadoes around the outer bands. I've only seen that a couple of times with some of the hurricanes. Yeah. Okay. If Spielberg let, let me calls ask you, you this. to do a movie, I hope you hope you get to play yourself. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You think at some point that happened. <laughs> so, so Jeff, tell me a little bit about how um, for severe storms, how do you go about picking your target area? Yeah. Well, what what resources are you using? I use everything at my disposal. I, and you look, I mean, let's let's look at the big 30,000 foot picture. The Gozar 16 rapid scan satellite, massive breakthrough in technology. I'm a big technology guy and I love uh, that type of technology. The SBC page, cell surface test page, where's the, uh, gosh, where's the moisture flux for the day? Where's the cap? Where's the instability? Where's the wave located at? I look at that hourly, a lot of times on the bigger days. Um, look at the HH, uh, HRR model looking at three kilometer wharf, looking at the high res models as we get closer to the event and looking at 
where the most likely area of the biggest storm of the day. It's not necessarily the biggest tornado. A lot of times you may want to go to, I don't want to be in the heavy rain. I don't want to be north of the warm front. Maybe I want to be where it's a little bit more capped and I want to see something more, a little bit more photogenic. So I want to get back where I know the cap's going to hold on a little bit longer. May not, tornado's early and may not see as many, but it may be more photogenic. So you, as the day involves, it's very fluid and dynamic like the weather. You gotta, you gotta be nimble, you gotta be flexible. And just because you may have a target of Wichita and two o'clock things look better in Oklahoma City, you might kind of you know start fudging back toward Oklahoma City. So you gotta be a little bit nimble in that in that regard. Wow, that's that's an interesting topic you just brought up, like where you think it'll be capped yeah. a little longer. Yeah. That's that yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. What, you know, what about your vehicle? What about your vehicle setup, yeah. Jeff? What does that look like? Uh, today, it's an electric car. <laughs> really? really? Not, not kidding. Um, wow. I, I, I know that would that would throw you. Um, I, you know, I, I sold both of my uh, gas vehicles earlier this year. Uh, Kathy had a Honda Pilot, and I had a, a, a 2002 um, Chevrolet Avalanche. It had almost 200,000 miles on 300, yeah, 200,000 miles. And um, I saw both those earlier in the year, and I've been driving an electric car all year, and I love it. I think once people <clears throat> understand electric cars and the torque in them and the availability, whether it be a Tesla 3 or an S or whatever, or uh, the Volt, Chevy Volt, or any of those kind of cars, or the Leaf, which I'm driving now, um, gosh, I think the electric cars going forward in time, not only just storm chasing, but uh, general transportation, is I think it's absolutely going to take over the industry. It, it is already happening. I mean, when people look at that and drive, but I'm, I'm all excited about electric cars. I have been for a while, and uh, but I think uh, that's going to be the way of the future. Absolutely, did, no doubt about it. Did you did you just say the current car you have is a Leaf? Yes. So you're driving a Leaf in storms. <laughs> I have taken the leaf out about four times now, not across Kansas, <laughs> long, just short little drives, just north, you know, where I'm at within 50 miles of Tulsa and uh, just do a short little chase with it. But I've done it four or five times, but the next vehicle coming next year, uh, it'll have about a three to 350 mile range. So it'll be much farther, rapid recharge. And I'm set to go. This that commercial brought to you by <laughs> Tesla. They need to get you as their spokesman. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I really, I'm going to tell you this, when you look at the greatest cost, and there's a lot of other things I'll, I'll tell you about, the greatest cost in all transportation today, no matter who you are, raising a family, kids, um, anything, it's it's fuel, it's it's the car payments, insurance, and if you can eliminate, uh, bring that fuel cost down, you know, 50%, 75%, 80% from what you normally spend, and you're doing it with electric, uh, I think once more people go that direction and they really find out the benefits, I mean, I've cut my fuel bill by 600 a month, 700 a month, just in fuel savings and insurance. Wow. Yep. Yep. I recharge a car at seven cents. It cost me to go hundred miles. It cost me a dollar 70 to totally charge my car from empty to full. I okay. like tonight I, I went into town, run some errands, came back and it's just 80%, 75% plug the car in. And 30 minutes later, I've got a full charge. I can run around all day Saturday, go to 10 different stores, go run around, do all you can do. And I did all that for $1.70. I mean, when people figure this stuff out, I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, driving gas cars going forward, um, unless you drive 150 miles every day, I mean, I think even that's, you know, with the new cars coming out of 300 mile range, that's that's not a big deal. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm big on, on electric. I think that's yeah. it. Jeff, you got to get sponsors and put that on the side yeah, of your no car. I'm just saying right now, but yeah. We'll see. All right, well, let, we'll keep things moving, Jeff. How can listeners find and follow you on social media? Yeah. Um, so, twisterchasers.com um, on the, the main website. 
and uh, then Jeff underscore Petrosky for on Twitter. And then we got Periscope followers. We have a lot of Periscope followers. And uh, I have to say, I have to thank all the Periscope followers that watched us during Hurricane Harvey because there were lots of them out there. And uh, and then the Blue Shed uh, became very popular overnight. The Blue Shed that was filming in front of the uh, car wash <laughs> became very, very famous, <laughs> as we all know. All right. Well, let's let's do this. Time for our lightning round. Uh, oh. This is our game game show of shocking questions for our guest. Oh man! Uh, we, we invite everybody to play along, all our listeners and, and viewers to play along. Uh, but here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to play a little hundred thousand dollar pyramid. And Jeff, my understanding is in in your former uh, career, you were involved in engraving tombstones. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> well, I was like, yeah, okay. 14, 15 years old. That is correct. Wow. All right. So here's what we're going to do. If you're familiar with the game, the $100,000 pyramid, okay. uh, what we do is, is uh, you, the, the celebrity hooks up with a, uh, one of the guest contestants and uh, one of them has to uh, read the answer, right? And they're the only ones that knows the answer, but they have to try to get the other person to guess what the answer is without using any words in the answer. Oh, wow. Okay, so if it's if, if I'm trying to get you to guess baseball, I might say things like uh, Mickey Mantle, uh, bat, bases, home run, you know, stuff like that to yep. get you to, to maybe say baseball, right? Hey. So that's what we're going to do. And then you're always given two, two, two topics to pick from. So first thing I'm going to do, Jeff, so you are our celebrity uh, guest. You get to pick who your partner is going to be. So between Dina, Maz, and MJ, you, you get to pick your partner. Let's do MJ tonight. Uh-oh. All right. So we're doing MJ. We so MJ's got to play. All right. So, so Jeff, you get to pick from one of these two things, and I'm just going to flat out – I'm not going to try and hide it. I'm going to okay. just flat out say what the two options are. One is people and things from the movie Tombstone. The other option <laughs> – Oh, boy. <laughs> The other option is famous people that died in 2017. Famous oh. people died in 2017. All right. So famous people that died okay. in 2017. So MJ, I'm going to go ahead and type uh, the famous people into the uh, he, he chat might, box. He might see that. Yeah. No, turn that uh, chat off there. So, so yeah. Jeff, Jeff, if you have the chat box open, turn the chat off so you don't see the, uh, the answers. It doesn't right. pop up. All right. It's off. Okay. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. So I'm, I'm going to pop them up. And uh, the goal is this. The goal is to come up with five. I, I've got a number of them, but the goal is to come up with five. So let's see how many it's going to take you to guess five. Okay? And, and you got to try and do this quickly. So oh boy. Uh, first one is up. And, and okay, so you ready, MJ? Okay. Go. Um, Minneapolis. Prince. Good guess. No. Um, uh, he was 2016. Ed, Ed, yes, Ed Asner. Ed Asner. Archie yep. Keep going. No. Um, boy. I don't, uh, All right. Next one. Next, uh, it, was, it was Mary Tyler Mary Moore. Tyler Moore. Next, one. Mary Tyler Moore. next one. Go. Um, uh, guitar. <laughs> that could be a lot of people. You'd be great at this. Uh, <laughs> I'm in trouble on that one. Just keep saying Prince. Yeah, so, so am I. Johnny, be good. Uh, that's a good one. Um, 
took me a minute to think of that. St. Louis. The guys are getting hot. Yeah. Um, Lifeline. Yeah, other people can help too. Yeah, other people can help. Oh, how much wood? How much wood can a wood? <laughs> Chuck. Yeah. I, um, well, if I had Kathy here, my lifeline, she would, she'd pop those off in a second. <laughs> All right, we're moving they on. They talked to him and um, remember a um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, this is your cousin. All right, we're moving, on. we're moving on. That was Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Oh, God. Comedian. All right, next one's up. Comedian. Yep. <laughs> Don Rickles. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah, right. he got it. He got oh, it. Oh, did you get it? Okay, it. Don yes, Rickles. Okay. Wow. I wasn't ready for that. Okay, here we go. Next one. Uh, uh, James Bond. Moonraker. Moonraker. Uh, yep. Watch him more? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's correct. All right, that's two. Next one. Uh, telethon. Oh, Jerry Lewis. Yep. There you go. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one's up. Playboy. Hugh Hefner. There we go. That's four. We're on a roll. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, guitar player. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Guitar is this? Are we back to the first one again? No, no, we're, no, 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 no. Different um, guitar player. <laughs> sorry, uh, traveling Wilburys. Um, traveling. Think so. I think so. Um, free falling. Free. Yep. Heartbreakers. Help me out. Oh yeah. He was Tom Petty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah ding ding. Woo! <laughs> well done. All right, that was five. That was fine. Hey, here was the next one. You were going to get, everybody's going to get this one. I'll do this okay. last one. Oh, yeah. Do this. What, oh, I thought you said one? you were going to do it. No, go ahead. Do it. Do it. I, I, think, that, I think the whole panel should do it. <laughs> okay. Twister. 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 Oh, Bill Paxson. Yeah. I got, yeah. I got, I got yeah. a picture with him. Yeah. Bill Paxson. We had yeah. Bill Paxson. I still had uh, Glenn Campbell, uh, Adam West, yeah. Batman. Jay Giles. Yep. And do you guys know who Aaron Sorry. Moran is? Yeah. Happy days. Ch uh, Joni. 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 Joni and Chachi. Yeah. Joni and Chachi. Very good. All right. Well, well done. Yeah. You got, you got five. You got five out of the seven. So yeah, that's, that's a great good. job. That's very good. Despite me. All right. So thanks, thanks for playing. <laughs> Despite me. All right. Despite so we're gonna effort, we're so. gonna take a short break. Uh, our podcast listeners get to hear us the latest edition of the Titans U Minute with Chris Sander talking about planning for the 2018 storm season. Uh, so stay right here. We'll be back with Jeff and the co-host to discuss the new NWS winter hazard simplification alerts. That's a mouthful. And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Sander. It may not feel like it, but storm season is literally just around the corner. So today, I wanted to spend some time on the Titan U Minute talking about some tips on how to get ready for the 2018 storm season. For the sake of brevity and time, I'm going to keep this to three tips to prepare yourself. These may be off the wall or they may be standard, but in all reality, it's the routine I go through each and every year to prepare for the upcoming spring. First off, this is a great time to refresh yourself on your storm knowledge. For me, as someone interested in the whys behind why storms do what they do, this both increases effectiveness in chasing and also in wonderment as to what the atmosphere is doing right before my eyes. 
The more I discover, the more fascinating storms become. Trust me, do some reading on the latest research and then see it in action. You will not be sorry. Secondly, it's a wonderful time to practice with your camera. If you want to be more serious about photography or videography, and most people say this each off season, don't wait until the first storm to figure out how to use your camera. Use this time now and take photos of boring and not so boring subjects. Trust me, the practice you put in now becoming super familiar with your camera will pay dividends in the spring. Lastly, and this may sound funny, but spend some time looking at maps of the region or regions you'll chase most. I can't tell you how invaluable having a pretty advanced knowledge of your local geography is. Knowing where highways are and where they go means less time spent making decisions on navigation and more of an expert level approach to chasing a storm. Give it a try. The more you spend advancing knowledge now, the better your storm season in 2018 will be. Hey, I have a series called Wild Weather. We have produced 10 episodes so far and more are coming in January. Make sure you check it out at TornadoTitans.com. There, you can also find links to follow us on social media. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time. All right, welcome back. Uh, on October 2nd of this year, of 2017, the National Weather Service implemented changes to its winter weather messaging, and, and their goal was to simplify the watch warning and advisory system. Uh, so, here, so here's what they did. I'll break it down. They, they reduced the number of hazard types from 10 down to six. And so what they did is first off, they consolidated the lake effect snow advisory and freezing rain advisory into just a winter weather advisory, okay? Which they already had. So they took three and they put it into one. Um, and how they, how they identify an advisory is they call it, 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 it's a significant inconvenience, okay? So that's what an advisory is. Then they consolidated the lake effect snow watch and a blizzard watch into their winter storm watch, which they already had. So again, they took three alerts, put it down into one. And uh, the National Weather Service says a watch is, uh, identifies a significant hazard is possible within the next 48 hours. Uh, they kept blizzard warning and ice storm warning. So they kept the warnings, those remain in effect. Uh, and they identify a warning as hazardous occurring or imminent. Okay, so hazardous weather occurring or is imminent. Uh, they also kept into effect the lake effect snow warning, uh, but only select National Weather Service offices actually will use that. In uh, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing they understand is this has nothing to do with their wind chill or frost and freeze advisories, which is another five different alerts so it has nothing to do with those two so the the 10 to 6 um doesn't take those into effect so the question is is this helpful yeah we had a lot more different alerts earlier but they were a little bit more specific whether it was freezing rain whether it was blizzard whether it was uh, lake effect snow they were a little bit more specific now we just have the winter weather advisory uh the winter storm watch and then they pretty much kept all the different warnings what do you guys think can I chime in on one of those? Absolutely. Uh, I really liked the freezing rain advisory just for the fact that even though it's an advisory, it really can mess up traffic. So that was something when you saw that color pop, it was easy to, to jump on that 
when you're doing the weather. And my the one that I'm kind of disappointed in is they should have kept the Blizzard Watch. Mm-hmm. The Blizzard Watch to me is the biggest one because that like you don't know it's really a blizzard watch unless you click on the advisory and you read it because now like say you're in a local area and you're only reading say tulsa then it's not a big deal but for somebody like me who's trying to look at the whole country i'm queuing off certain things you know i there may be like a like there might be a ton of winter weather watches but i wanted to know which one the blizzard was when i used to see the blizzard watch we would jump on it immediately you know, luckily there's still a blizzard warning and an ice storm warning, but those to me, I kind of miss, but I do like the other ones compacted like Lake effect advisory, like you, go ahead and put all that together. But the blizzard and the freezing that's, rain, I kind of miss because you don't live there though. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. but... having lived in forecast in West, Mi- in West Michigan. I, I like, you like them. Mm-hmm. You do. I did. Okay. And, and only because, that? only because have you ever have you ever been in Lake Effect Snow? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in in uh, you know near Cleveland. Okay, all right. So you know what I'm talking about. Where yeah. it could be it could be sunny, and you are driving into a blizzard, literally, and then the next mile it's sunny. And so, to say when if you just tell me, oh, it's a winter storm watch, to me, okay, it sounds like snow, but I think it kind of it it, it kind of dumbs it down, in my opinion. It does. I, I, I like it more specific. Yeah. Now, though, That's are you? Let me ask you this: Are you guys speaking though from the meteorologist's point of view, or are you speaking from the average person understanding what all these advisories are? I'm speaking from a meteorologist view. Sure. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's hard not to looking all over. You know, like in all over the country, because you know, I would have to be clicking on everybody, reading everybody. Is that actually blizzard? Is that this? Is that this? Well, that and that is one of the downfalls. Is if you look into their alert details, it it does specify what, where, when. It's obviously more specific there. Yeah, but, but you have to be able to. You're not going to notice it right on the but, NWS page with the well, colors. You won't do that, and and the average end user is not going to know that either by looking at winter weather advisory. I'm not going to know just looking at that alert to know what that means for me. Mm-hmm. I I desperately will now need someone to interpret that for me. Yeah. If I'm the average, the average Joe, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if you live in a certain area and you're only looking at a certain area, if you click on it, you're going to read it. You're going to see pretty much everything that's going on in that area. You're not going to be jumping around the whole country looking at it you know, looking for the big, biggest potential places, you know, you're just looking where you live, but um, it's definitely interesting to hear everybody's viewpoint. I think you it's know, probably, go ahead. I was to say, I think it's better if you are job security as a meteorologist, because they're, I think they're going to need you more to be able to interpret because most right. people, you know, right. I mean, I, I'm 53. So I grew up here. You hear blizzard watch and warning. You, you, there's no bread at the store. <laughs> you know, and I, yeah. I think there, I think there's two things. I, I believe that, you know, the national weather service, number one, the beef is, is they've got way too many different types of advisories, watches, warnings. Um, you know, one of the, one of the jokes is they put together a, a periodic chart, you know, of all the various watches, warnings, and advisories that they have all year long, not just in the winter. And so I, I understand they're, they're trying to cut things back and I can see a benefit to doing that. Um, however, I just, I really see that there's going to be an issue, 
when the average person doesn't necessarily understand winter weather watch, what does that mean for me? And, and I'll tell you what, the other issue we're not even touching on there is the difference between advisory watch and warning, and that goes all year long with all various weather. Yeah. Is identifying what do those three things mean? Yeah, it's definitely confusing. Um, and that's where you do need some a meteorologist to explain it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think people, as much as we try to tell them, I don't think they understand the differences. Jeff, so, what, Jeff, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Coming to me? Yeah. Uh, well, I come from a whole different perspective, maybe. Um, at times, I think there's too many, there's too many callers out there, too many watches and warnings. And the other problem that we have all over the United States, because I deal with television um, every day in my, in my full-time job, and that is you can't get uh, stations in a local market to use the same colors across all the stations. So you may have a uh, in Oklahoma, uh, for example, uh, you may have one station that goes with a, uh, a, a yellow for a, a tornado warning while the station next door does red um, and kind of matches weather service. And you may have another store, a station go orange. So we wonder why the public's already confused. Nobody can agree on the same color palette across the entire United mm -hmm. States. And every market does their own thing. So it's very confusing to the general public. And I can tell you from social media aspect, having a clear, precise message across all platforms, uh, whether it be from the weather service, whether it be from the local television meteorologist um, and the local weather office, for everybody to have the same message is very important for social because I can tell you the junkie public is confused. I mean, if you're on a flight, I fly almost every week and as you guys travel as well, and you know, you hear you have somebody next to you and they go, oh, I heard there's there's Arctic air coming down next week for Christmas. What's going to happen? In this market for next week, I'm hearing people say, we may have snow. We may not have snow. We, it, it may not get cold. Well, then I can tell you for sure it's going to happen late next week. It's going to get real cold. It's winter time, And we got some southwest flow. We're going to have some winter preset coming out. So I think if you have a consistent message across the platforms, people are going to understand better. Um, I agree with you. At times, there's too many colors. And let's be honest with you, most people don't understand the color scheme. Um, you know, I think uh, yellow, red, green, um, the impacts. I like the impact uh, statements. I know here in Oklahoma, uh, the Oklahoma City Weather Service, uh, Norman and Tulsa, uh, do a very good job uh, of like days of big events, whether it be snow or severe weather breaks. They get very specific <clears throat> uh, with the forecast and they put very colorized maps together and say these are the impacts at this time. If it's a snow or ice event, it's going to start in these counties at this time. Here's what's going to happen by five. Here's what's going to happen by nine. And they're very specific. And I think it uh, it keeps the public informed and emergency managers in schools and businesses. What time do I need to let my workers off work because the roads are going to be icy like you guys experienced in Atlanta the other day. Um, so I think a consistent message across all platforms is, is really critical. That's a good point because think about it. Like you've got yellow for like say a tornado watch or a uh, or uh, yeah, you've got yellow for watches Seriously, or warnings, and then you've got then you've got yellow for like fog, fog advisories. Yeah. So it does get confusing because yeah. you kind of run out of colors, or they're so close you don't want them so close that you can't tell them apart either. Do you think part of it part of it might be that they they've started uh, with the winter weather, and I I know they've um, consolidated some things with the flood. Uh, watches and warnings and advisories as well. But do you think part of it is because it's so hard to forecast winter weather that instead of calling it a specific watch, it's just easier to call it a winter weather watch. And then 
in the details, talk about here's what we're seeing instead of trying to identify it more no, than, you know, 24 hours so. out? I don't, I, the, okay. Talking about the service, some people I've talked to, NOAA and different offices, I don't think so. I mean, the, the, let's, let's be honest, the, the offices in whole and in, in, in their particular region, they do an excellent job mm -hmm. in understanding yeah. the local effects. They do a really good job. And if anything, they can actually even get more detailed than actually what they're putting out. They can get very detailed. Um, and I think as you look forward with the high-risk models we have now, guys, we're going to have hour-by-hour hour breakdown by county of what time the rain's going to start, what time the severe weather going to hit, what time the tornadoes are most likely in these counties and a certain time of the day on this, you know, what county is going to be impacted. I mean, technology is getting there. And, uh, but I think if we can simplify the warning process and the information to the public, I think they're already confused. And I think having 40 different colors for winter, it just adds to the confusion. That's my take at the end of the day. I'm all for forcing stations, meteorologists to use a standardized palette. I, I'm all yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. Because here's the thing too, you get the meteorologists who probably would just do whatever and stay on whatever color palette the National Weather Service has. But then there's the thing called news directors <laughs> who like, you know, one time they asked me to make hurricane icons blue and I'm like, uh, that's impossible. I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know, no. I don't think I could have done it even if I wanted to, but I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Let's make it the water color. You know, yeah, because what? their color was blue for their station or something. You know, but like these current, no. <laughs> I just remember well, that. I was like, uh, it's the news director asking me. It wasn't the Mets, so. Right. Well, sure I'll tell you what. Let, let us know what you guys think on that subject. Go ahead and email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook and tag us your thoughts so we can share that on our next show. Uh, I do want to bring up, I mentioned this on our last show, we are being asked from a, a friend of the show, Mark Jelenic, who is a host of the podcast, What Is It About Weather? Uh, he is doing a presentation at the AMS conference here in January that relates to weather podcasts and uh, National Weather Service Weather Ready Nation. And so he has asked us and our actually our listeners to contribute to his uh, presentation. He's got a little survey to take. Uh, I'll quick give you the URL right now, but we'll also put this on our show notes. Uh, if you go to HTTP uh, colon backslash backslash, but here's what we got to type in BIT dot ly slash stormfront freaks dash wrn that's for weather ready nation so i'll give it one more time bit dot ly slash stormfront freaks dash wrn if you could go there and uh, go ahead and, and uh, answer the survey help mark out uh, and help out his presentation that would be great we're going to go ahead and take our final break the rest of you can refill your drinks when we come back it's time for our useful WX resources and some weather fools you won't believe. Hey, I'm Tom Nizzle, winter weather expert at the Weather Channel, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Welcome back. Time now for weather resources, really cool places. You get all kinds of ideas. You can check out websites 
all kinds of new resources. And uh, I'm kind of excited to have Jeff go first, see what he's got to bring to the table. So anyway, the store prediction page, I not only use this in the spring for severe weather, but it has a wonderful uh, thing. In the, now we're going into winter finally. It looks like we're going to have uh, old man winter cold air is going to come in. I love, uh, you know, the precip type uh, wet bulb, surface wet bulb. Uh, I'm going to hammer on this one hard. Surface wet bulb, this is going to be the story. Remember this, seven days, I'm telling you right now, the wet bulb is going to be the story in the Southern Plains as we get into next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Christmas weekend. This is going to be the story you want to watch is the wet bulb. And this winter uh, store prediction page is great for that freezing level. Uh, the so, so do this, Jeff, explain what's wet bulb. Help, help. Wet bulb. So what we do is we take the, you know, if you take the, uh, right now, if you take the surface, if you, if you uh, cool the column, uh, if it ra it was raining up here below where it's 32 degrees and you cool a column and, you, and and evaporates, you basically will get to the point where the temperature will go down, try to go down the dew point, the dew point rise. And if it's get down below 32 line, like next week, we, when the cold air comes in, we're going to have uh, very cold, dry air. And the dew point's going to drop dramatically behind the Arctic front as we it drops in the Southern Plains next week. So the temperature may be 30, 35, let's say in Dallas here next Friday. But if your dew point's 20, your wet bulb may end up being like 28, 29, 27 as the precip breaks out north of the front. And as the temperature cools down to the wet bulb, that's going to be a critical part of watching how this unfolds next weekend is where's the wet bulb temperature. And that's going to be critical as we get into the next week and next weekend. I'll tell you right now, it's a wet bulb event uh, for next week. And that's uh, that's what I'm forecasting right now for this potential uh, some kind of icy, you know, icy mix, ice storm, whatever we have as we get into uh, next weekend and as the Arctic air invades the South. Well, Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, it. man, if the GFS uh, verifies, that would have, that's going to be amazing that far out. Yeah. Well, the Euro, this morning's Euro is, is starting to lean toward uh, the GFS uh, as far as the Arctic air is farther south. Now it's got it down in Central Texas with frozen precip next weekend as far south as Central Texas. Then the big wave up or low uh, develops off to Mexico and starts kicking out waves. And then that overrunning situation starts setting up as we get in after Christmas as well. So I think we've got a big mess coming. It's just can't, it's too early to tell where, but I think we've got a lot of trouble ahead. Yeah. When's the last time you guys ice skated? Like really? <laughs> You know, it's been a couple of years, but uh, when we do ice skate here, it's pretty big. <laughs> cool. You're going to need it. Yes. All right. Awesome. So, and uh, we'll get to your link there in just a second again. Dina, you got something for us too? I do. And you know what? Like, you know, I, I've been on the show a while and everybody kind of knows I work for the digital side of the weather channel. I've never really plugged our own app, but I think I'm going to this time. So it's the weather channel app and mainly what, what I wanted to plug is that what's great is you can get everything for free. You know, you can get, it will, the app kind of follows you if you turn on your location services to know your temperature, your hourlies. But what's great is that you get, we're, we're doing a lot of videos now and we just moved into a new state of the art um, studio. We have diff more than one studio, but if you look, if you open your app and you see like right underneath, you'll see a video. You can kind of click on that and you can watch my show, which is called The Lift. And that's usually in the morning from 6 to 11 a.m. Um, your local time. And mainly what's nice about it is you it's the America's first mobile morning show. So you can watch. We'll do all the big weather stories and you'll get some other, you know, some sciencey stuff in there, too. But what's nice is we don't really put anything over a minute. 
and you could pick and choose. So you could sit there and play it while you eat breakfast, um, watch the whole thing, or you can just pick and choose what you want. Like if you only care about the winter weather, just watch the winter weather. If you want to watch the wildfires in the Southwest and just watch that. And we try to keep it short, short and sweet. So you can kind of get what you want. Um, but like I said, where, I haven't, you know, where you, uh, you know, where does it pull the data from? So if, if I pull up my, let's say a location, my location, Mason, Ohio, and it's given me the forecast, current temperature, all that stuff. Where is that data coming from? How close is it to well, my it's actual... all, you know, a lot of that data, we get all of our data. It, you know, you could be on a like gridded data um, and it'll interpolate between the, the points. Um, but what happens is like we get all our data. Now it's, it's getting co combined now. Like we get all our data uh, through WSI that we bring in but we also get data from weather underground because we're all a big one company and now we've got watson which is part of ibm and the way the the models are we can get we you could put like a latitude and longitude in some of these things and it will interpolate between observation points so it's pretty amazing how good it is but um you know even when you go to the app you can kind of go to the top and you'll get like what's viral, latest news, science, travel. Um, and then you'll see like the lift, which is what I work on every morning. And, you know, so if you want to know about the lake effect snow, you watch it. You spend a minute of your time. It's great. You don't have to wait. What's nice about it is like, you know, if you watch TV, you don't know what they're going to do next. You may have to wait through a bunch of stories that are at a different part of the country you don't want to waste your time on. You just watch what you want. It's pick and choose. It's a la carte, or you can watch the whole thing. Cool. So it's not the Weather Underground app. No, it's not the Weather Ground. It's the Weather Channel app. For crying out loud! All right. We're, it's always been the Weather. We're the Weather Channel app. Come uh, on. Been looking at the wrong one for years now. I guess. Okay. Have you? <laughs> well, no, the Weather Underground is now part of the Weather Company, which is all owned by IBM. So the Weather the, Mafia. See yeah. the blue, the weather channel right there. Yeah. There you go. So I'm. This is the first time I've ever pushed my, our, you know, our own app, but I'm very proud of it. Wait, didn't I just hear Disney bought somebody else today? Fox. Fox. Twentieth Century. Oh, Century Fox. Oh, Twentieth Century Fox. Okay, gotcha. All right, cool. All right, awesome. So it's actually Weather Channel app. It's the Weather Channel app. And the lift button on there. Yeah, but you like okay. when you when you pull up. The app, it you know how it comes up with your current data and yeah. it'll give you an hourly. You'll see like a video link underneath yeah. it. The only time you won't see it is if there's like severe weather or rain in your area, and then you got to kind of slide it up a little bit. Well, we'll be here all night if you try to yeah. explain I that. I know. To me. All right, we'll move <laughs> on. We're not on, 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 on a memory anyway. Okay, Phil, you're chomping at the bit. Go for all it. All right, I am. So uh, I'm actually going to bring up a WX resource that I've actually used before, but it's been a long time. But with the uh, winter weather that we currently have and have had and is approaching. Uh, I'm going to talk about the M-Ping app, uh, which you actually now is a part of RadarScope. If you happen to have RadarScope, uh, you, can, you can actually use M-Ping on there as well. But M-Ping is a free app you can get either on Google or at the Apple Store for your iPhone. And what it is, it's just a great opportunity for you, especially for all our storm spotters and storm chasers that listen to the show yeah, it's a way for you to continue to spot while you're 
at work, while you're driving the kids to school, while you're doing whatever. All you got to do is jump on the app and you say, is it snowing? Is it hailing? Is it raining? Is it grappling? <laughs> is it, uh, you know, what, whatever type of uh, weather report you could submit. And it takes your GPS off your phone, knows exactly where you are, reports that. It's a study done through uh, NOAA and Oklahoma University are kind of doing the study. But it's just a great way for them to gather data and for everybody out there to contribute to that and add that. And, and winter weather is a very hard thing to forecast. And so if they can get more and more data to know that at this particular time exactly where you were, uh, maybe the radars showed something. But if you're reporting what's actually hitting the ground, that's going to help them a great deal. So that's M-PING, P-I-N-G. So the letter M-P-I-N-G. Look for that on your app store. And our attorneys just, uh, our attorneys wanted to clarify, if you are driving your kids to school, they ask you not to actually text what the weather is. So You're not texting. I'll just share that. Okay. All righty. A couple right. buttons. So, okay. Uh, so if you want to catch what those links are and more information, you can check it out on episode 41. Two. 42? Two. two. We're on two now. Oh. 42. Must have yep. missed one. All right. It episode 42. 42. Show notes. All right. Weather fool time. Very good. All right. Weather Fools. Uh, our, our Weather Fools is always our look at people or companies uh, or vehicles or something doing stupid things in a weather situation that just make you go, what the hell were they thinking? That's usually what it has to do with. So Dina, let's start off with you. Who is your Weather Fool this episode? All right. So let me share my screen. All right. All right, so this guy, this was, it says, down at the river, floater. And this guy, I don't know, he, maybe the water wasn't as high and they were out like on a sand dune or something. But you're playing it. Let me turn it down a little oh. bit. But this guy goes right in the water. I don't know what he's thinking, but the water is up to his headlights. Now he's spinning his wheels. He can't go anywhere. I don't know if he was like, hey, hold my beer and look at this. This is going to be fun. <laughs> he's got tape on his passenger side window, up, so that's a sign. down the river. <laughs> like, you know, this is the stuff you're like, oh, what? Yeah, now the hood's under the water. Yeah, you guys got to watch this. But what yeah, were oh, you thinking? Like it's, uh, it's I mean, driver airbag inflated? I can't tell. Like he's got his windshield wipers well. on. Like, well, that's good. Keep the keep the yeah. keep the windshield dry. Well, I mean, the water's to, coming in the windows now, so I don't he know. He didn't what get the message. Turn around, don't drown, did he? He did yeah. not get that message. He did not. Get that, no, it so, like they were out on this little like plateau. Maybe it you know flash flooded there, but like, why did you want to gun it? Was it, you know? Well, he might be. He might be in, a, in one of those areas where you have high tide and low tide, and then he probably went out there when it was low tide and got across it, and then the tide came up and and. Um, that cut him off, and that's what it looks like. Because the other guy, yeah, there he's now he's getting another vehicle over there that he was like, no, I'm not going. But now he's standing. Yeah, he's getting on the he's getting on the roof. Wait, this uh, is in Kansas. There's no high tide. Crap. He's like, who knows? Crap. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, very good, very good. Well, that's definitely a weather fool. I would chalk that up as a weather fool. I've I've got uh, Dina. I've got two weather fools to share. Oh, with you all right. Um, one of them. Is actually, I'm not going to show you anything on this, but one of uh, one of our friends of the show, uh, Dakota Smith, who is a co-host on the Weather Junkies uh, Weather Podcast, he recently uh, put out 
uh, a blog, and it was titled The Top 55 Weather Accounts You Definitely Should Not Follow. Okay. So it's got clickbait, clickbait written all over it, right? Okay. So it, it was a it was a real clever. So Dakota is not my weather fool because it was a very clever way uh, of sarcastically really identifying good weather Twitter accounts to follow, right? And he would sarcastically say why they're horrible or bad or whatever. But but my weather fools, you should have seen it was total clickbait because you should have seen all the people. And I encourage you to do this. Go to weather. Go to the weather junkies. Uh, Twitter account and look this up and look at all the replies and how many stupid people are like, well, how bad do I have to be to be on your list? And how come I'm not on your list? And what do I need to do to be on your list? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's weather Twitter at its best because they didn't make this list, right? There's some oh, list <laughs> that Dakota made and they're just like, well, why did I get on your list? And it was kind of uh but that, Jeff, I hope you weren't one of them that was. That I was not, I'm not on the list. I'll see the list. I'm not on the list. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so it, it was hilarious just to see all the people complaining about what do I got to do to be on your list? You know, and it's see, like, God, you're, you're a weather people fool. People just want to complain and complain sometimes. God, weather fools. There are too you're many of them. That was life. crazy. All right. So that was one of them are the weather fools that didn't make that, that list. The other one I'm going to share with you guys was a, a tweet that uh, was was actually kind of entertaining only because it had to do with the winter weather that you guys, Dina, got down there in Georgia. And uh, it was a tweet by the Sirens Project. And it said, getting more sketchy in Ackworth, Georgia, roads are becoming impassable. Now, if you look at the picture, there's a picture of a tall, uh, <laughs> some kind of tall pine tree that, that has kind of fallen over part of the road it's not actually over the road i mean it's over the road but you Drape could drive over. under it yeah what i find humorous is it's saying roads are becoming impassable and if you look at the road yeah it's, <laughs> it's snow covered there's snow on there but there's absolutely no car that i'm aware of including jeff's leaf that couldn't make it through, <laughs> right. right that couldn't make it through that snow it's not that it's just funny to see how Georgia people would say, oh, these roads are becoming impassable. And it's like, you know, there's some snow on your roads. You're still going to make it through there fine. Just maybe go a little slower. I think the problem, too, is like, you know, it scares everybody. And there's really, we don't have a lot. We don't really have snow plows. Right. So, you know, like my husband's got a sporty car. So he slid all over the place. I, I have, you know, an SUV. I'm fine. And I've got to remember in my mind, because I come from a lake effect area, that, to me, I'm like, I'm fine. No biggie. You know, I kind of blow things off more than I probably should down here because it freaks everybody out and then they don't want to drive on it. And to me, it's like, yeah, no big deal. Right. Get a half a right. foot, then I might stop and think about it. But <laughs> all right. So if you want to check out those weather fools, we'll have those links posted on our episode 42 show notes, uh, which you can find if you go to stormfrontfreaks.com and pull up the episode number 42. Or a lot of times now, guys, if you're listening to our episode on your phone, uh, you can actually just a couple clicks on your phone. We'll pull up the show notes right there as you're listening to our episode. So that should help you out. All right, MJ, we got any listener questions? Oh, uh, not questions, Comments. but we have a comment from somebody. Oh, all right. Uh, it, no, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So at LVSNE on Twitter, um, 
was the winner of one of our uh, five weeks of Christmas giveaways, which reminder, follow us uh, on Twitter and Facebook for the next uh, chance to win. But they were a winner of the GPX weather radio and flashlight, and they responded, thanks so much. Love this podcast. So we Great, thanks that. for listening. Cool. You bet. Yeah, we, we paid them with gifts. Is that what they said? <laughs> paid them with gifts, yeah, and they said thank you. To. Hey, this thing yeah, was pretty good, I have to say. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we have to pay with gifts now, Maz. You sound surprised. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Anyway, that, that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. We want to thank you guys for listening and watching. Uh, please take the time to leave us a great review on your podcast app so that others like yourself can find us. We want to give a, a special thanks and shout out to Jeff Petrowski for joining us tonight, Jeff. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Um, in our next episode in two weeks, recording live on December 28th, will be our final 2017 show. And we're going out with a bang as our guest will be star of Tornado Hunters, which uh, the first season is on Netflix. You can actually watch on Netflix. Um, and that is Canadian Storm Chaser Greg Johnson will be our guest. So be sure to click right. subscribe on your podcast app to be notified when it's available. And go to our YouTube channel. You just got to search Stormfront Freaks if you actually want to watch it live. It's Johnson, eh? It's, it's another Johnson. Yeah, it's another Johnson. So for MJ and for Maz and Dina and Jeff, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. We'll catch all of you next time. Good night, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.